What would you say you do here? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. There are no more shenanigans, no more tomfoolery, no more ballyhoo. Paul, I feel bad because I never got into Twin Peaks. We were just talking about this before we started recording. You mean the uh, the copy of Hooters? No, oh, yeah, Mountain Hooters, <laughs> Colorado Hooters. Is that that place that's called as Twin Peaks? Yes, it's called Twin Peaks. Okay. And I had never even heard of it until we were in Vegas a handful of years ago. That's I I'd only been to one. Or, you know, Hooters was all over the southeast. Oh yeah, well, it's from know. Florida, so like yeah. you, you're required to go there if you were a guy in your twenties. Starting about eleven years old, it seems like. Yeah, and then and then along years later came Twin Peaks, trying to follow them, which is it's uh, ridiculous. It's so so funny because when we walked in, I'm like, oh right, because there's Hooters, mm-hmm. there's Twin Peaks, and then there's the Tilted Kilt. Yes. Now I like the Tilted Kilt because there's places like when you go to those that are used to be. I think they've mostly gone out of business because, you know, exploitation of women isn't as popular as it used to be. But they're still Hooters, aren't there? I haven't even seen there are, but they're they are. They're, a, they're a fledgling company, man. They are yeah. they're dropping left and right. Yeah. yeah. And but, they, used to, they used to sponsor NASCAR. They, they were like oh, yeah. they were making money. It was a big deal. But it's like it's not yeah. like you said, it's not the thing to do now. Delightfully tacky yet unrefined. Yes, I had a yeah. Hooters St. Louis Union Station mm-hmm. T shirt. Oh. I wasn't even allowed to wear to school. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's just owls. And I'm like, no, you know why. But like you said, you haven't gone to, well, not the Twin Peaks, the show. I'm sorry. Twin Peaks, the about. show. Right. The David Lynch Produced. masterpiece? Oh, I don't know. I, I would have to watch. I mean, I know the basics about, you know, what it's about and little the pop culture references just from, you know, 30 years of people mentioning it. Joe and I were kind of hearkening back to, I don't know how it really started, but it was. Uh, you made a comment about how long The Bachelor's been on and how, the fact that you knew that. And I had no idea it had been and on. But who's going to get the rose? And you went, oh, my God, I can't believe you even the know fa- that Yeah, reference. that's what I fell out laughing was that you you knew about that. I but, only know even a little bit about it, and that's just from Porsche. Because it was a big deal. And I remember because we were discussing when it was. I said, I think it was in the late 90s. And he went, no, it had to be in the 2015. I was going to say 2010 something. was the – no, 2002 oh. was the first season of The Bachelor. And The Bachelorette was the next year in 2003. And I remember going out and driving. It was like a Friday night, right? Isn't that what it was? I have was no on, idea. It was on Thursday. It was a big, whatever it was. I remember driving and then, and I told you this, this is, I'm not making this up, going to like a popular Irish pub with my friends and meeting them up to play darts and whatever. And uh, there wasn't much traffic and I had no idea what was going on. One of my friends says, because The Bachelor's on tonight. I went, are you kidding me? He said, I guarantee you, that's why the traffic is less that's than That's insane to me. So. But also, I mean, I guess my headspace just doesn't work with those things. Like, I never liked Survivor. No, I never got into that either. Um, I watched a little bit because it was new, and that was it. I went, yeah, okay. I uh, watched maybe two episodes of that first season. Yeah. You know, uh, that it just never, I I don't know. I'm a fan of the OG reality TV shows, like mm-hmm. The Real World, right. Road Rules. Right. That's where I draw the line for the most part. Like, I just don't. I used to watch, uh, uh, what was the one that Rogan hosted? Uh, oh, uh, where you we have to eat this or walk across a cable blindfolded? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, <sighs> that's where he got recognized first. He was in a sitcom before that. Oh yeah, he was. Uh, he was on news, uh, news radio. News radio. Yeah. What the f- what? Wow. The f- what that is, is it? amazing? What's it called? Because I did I did watch that one a lot. Where they eat these monster fucking bugs and stuff. Oh, also bull testicles and whatnot, yeah. and a lot of that stuff was like I couldn't really do that. I, I'm thinking for the right amount of money, I could do damn near anything. Uh, mm. you're gonna are you gonna smack yourself on the forehead when you? I'm gonna be so irritated when I can't come up with it. People are throwing their uh, 
sandals at the radio right I, now. I hope so. Throwing their chanclas. Waiting on you, Joe. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Something Fear de- factor. Fear factor. Fear factor. That's right. Uh, but, <clears throat> but other like other than that, I never really got into those. And the real world was only uh, it was a, only a handful of them. Now, I the one I watched religiously. There's three actually. Mm-hmm. Was Seattle because mm-hmm. I just found that to be so fascinating. That was like in the mid nineties. I, I never watched that. Uh, and that one had the, some of the the most drama. Like it was like the first. I, th- I think it was like the only the second time in the show's existence that they all voted to kick somebody out of the house. Mm-hmm. And it was. Uh, and then one woman, Irene. She had fucking Lyme disease, and she was kind of starting to go a little loopy. Oh, really? Because of it, yeah. And uh, she felt, uh, her and a couple other people felt uncomfortable with one guy, Steven, in there, who was, I have pretty decent gaydar. Like, I pretty much 100% run rate. Mm -hmm. And I usually just kind of know. In some cases, before they even came to terms with it themselves. Right, Right, Which has happened to me a few times. And uh, Stephen was pretending to be straight and relying on his faith and Jesus and this and that and the other to try and keep him straight and all that. And he never said anything about sexuality. Anytime you brought up sexuality, he just got really mean with everybody in the on the cast. So you could tell it was he had a problem with it. And but he also had anger issues, which is also a, a huge symptom of someone who's like trying to push down who they right, really are, not which is unfortunate. Able to come out or be themselves. And, and yeah. people felt like they were unsafe in the house because of his angry outburst, so they kicked him out of the out of the house and i remember the episode watching it in prime time in broadcast where he was leaving and got in like the uh you know in in you know she or she was leaving the, the girl was leaving the house and it was before he was going to be kicked out like they'd already talked about it and she was leaving the house because of her her illness and and all that and she needed to be closer to her doctors and all that she was getting into the car that was going to take her to the airport and she Looked at the guy and said, Steven, someday you're going to feel so much better when you come to terms with the fact that you're gay. Wow. And he's like, fuck you. And she stormed, she said, bye, everybody. Got into the car and went to leave. And it's literally like starting to pull away. And he is like sprinting down the to walkway because it's on the pier. The it was like Pier 39, I think, is where it was, okay. is where their house was. And is sprinting down the side of the pier to the car. And flags the car down. The driver stops, and he opens up the door, and he slaps her in the face and slams the door. And then he was gone by the next episode. Wow! Like that shit. I was like, whoa! And they gave them a a, a job at their local radio station. And it was just really cool. I watched the one in Hawaii, just because I found it interesting. And it was we still had cable at that point. So when did he come out? Oh, he came out like twenty, like probably fifteen years later or something like that. Oh, like ten years geez. later. Oh, yeah, married. I think him and his husband adopted a kid. Kind of reminds that. me of Ricky Martin in a way. Like, like for some reason, everybody knew he was yeah. gay, but they didn't really say that he was gay. Or yeah, something. and he didn't feel the need to be public with it, which right. is totally his right. Yeah. And you had the 100%. media and all sorts of people trying to pry into his life, and he just—that's why he went. Oh, away. I remember that one. There was one certain scene or thing that happened where he really got. It was some interview. Was some, yes. Was it Barbara Walters? That's I what it was. I think it might have been That's Barbara what we were Walters. talking about. Barbara, when she passed, we were like, yeah, but fuck her because she really pushed him. And she did, she did regret that. She said she regretted. There was a lot of things that she did that she should have regretted. Well, that was one. That was the big yeah. one, I think, that she said. Uh, and anyway, yeah. Trying to force things out of somebody. Like, there's certain things you shouldn't, you just shouldn't force out of right. people. You know, it's none of your business. Granted, they agreed to be interviewed by Barbara Walters, but Which still. Which, back then, was kind of a risky It was thing. a risky thing anyway. Yeah. Um. 
Like, I would hate to be interviewed. Like, how deep would she dig with me if she were around and I were being interviewed? I'm, I'm going, I'm not going to interview with you. Like, I yeah. think I have nothing right. to hide. But she'd find something. <laughs> yeah, the, and the the other one I followed, well, the Oahu one that where they were in Honolulu, that one was fascinating. Yeah. What's crazy is that I, I, I convinced Timmy to show me where the real world house was, and it looks exactly the same. Hmm. So, uh, anyway, uh, and then the Las Vegas one. I think I was probably 22 or 23. And me and, uh, me and my friends would all sit around and watch it because it was cool because it was Vegas. And then uh, once it was all over, a couple months later, a handful of me and you know, some friends were in Vegas for uh, New Year's and ran into uh, one of the folks from the real world Las Vegas. Her name is Trish, uh, Trishel, Trishel Canatella. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you guys, do you see who that is over there? Like doing as like guest bartender. Right. So that's Trishel. And no one's around her, and they're like, well, fucking go talk to her. Like, All right, later, guys. Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah, let me get, you know, uh, I don't know. I do not remember what I ordered. Probably a beer because I was 23 and whatever. And didn't you, know. And good, you knew beers. I knew beers. You weren't going to have a scotch or something. No, and I didn't look like a guy who was like, a scotch <laughs> soda or something. I was like, let me get a Glenn. One end of the Glens, it's fine. You some know, kind it's of 1920s a, drink. Yeah, let me get a Don Julio 1942 neat. <laughs> uh, and. But no, I walked up, ordered a beer, and, and I was like, you know, it's amazing. You are so much more beautiful in person. And she's like, oh, well, thank you. Or she's like, and she's like shit on the do you, TV? Do you recognize me? Yeah, I know. No, no, I said, no, you're even more beautiful in person. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what it was. You're even more beautiful in person. And she's like, well, thank you. What is your name? And so my name's Joe. And she's like, have we met? I'm like, no. But me and my friends over there that are too scared to come over and talk to you have been watching Real World. Las Vegas, because we aren't really tourists here. We live, like, this is the nearest city to where we live. This is where we yeah. come for a good movie theater or shopping and things like that. So this is where it's kind of like our second home. Right. So we're basically locals and, you know, got to talking with her. And she literally hung out with us and played pool after she did her little guest bartending thing because it was like a flop. Like, nobody recognized her. Yeah, nobody was... No one there, gave a yeah. shit, even though she was like like an international, internationally, you no, know, because that real world is broadcast in like a hundred languages around oh, the world. Oh yeah, and uh, I was kind of kind of shocked. And she hung out with like with us for like an hour, maybe an hour and a half, playing pool, just cutting up, and then comped all of our drinks because none of us were hitting on her. Right. And somewhere there's a picture of me and her that somebody took on their like a uh, disposable camera. Nice. That's how long ago it was. But anyway, uh, that was my trash TV. Uh, but we, we were really talking about. I, I was going to say I forgot why we started talking about. I have TV shows. I don't know before we turned on the mics. Oh, it was it was low testosterone. Okay. The, your <laughs> testosterone getting lower as men get older and your estrogen starts to creep up, and then you start watching shit like The Bachelor. Oh, that's where it was. And then watching yes. The Bachelor and The Bachelor and crying, and then like who's going to get the rose? And we we turned on when that was, and then I said, oh, you know, I tell you, my show really was. Uh, I told you it was, was Nip, Nip Tuck. Nip Tuck. And you said, oh man, I love Nip Tuck. I wouldn't call that trash TV, nor would I call that a guilty pleasure. That's one of the best shows ever written, and it's a way of making drama sexy without showing nothing but tits and ass. Right. They had good shadows and stuff. And yeah, that, like yeah. it was cuz it was on FX and it was edgy as shit for the yeah. mid 2000s, man. That yeah. I I I firmly believe FX has never put out a bad show. They've That's they, probably they a never fair statement. have The Shield, Nip Tuck, uh what else? Uh that um it's produced by FX but it's not on FX cuz that's broadcast is uh The Bear. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a show I tried to get you to get into, but I don't think you ever no, watched it. it was a uh, about the 
the super or like young chef, like firebrand type who comes back. His brother commits suicide. And he takes over his brother's uh, sandwich shop and kind of is trying to turn it around in mm-hmm. Chicago, like like in a bad area of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Incredible show, FX. Okay, just just outstanding. But yeah, man, Nip Tuck. And then we said, yeah, and then there was Californication. And yeah, Californication was... <laughs> was if Nip Tuck was on Showtime, you know, right. or HBO or something, because there was a lot of nudity in Californication. And then, yeah, Dave Duchovny, that's when we talked about. Yeah, uh, then, uh, <laughs> David Duchovny. <laughs> and then Twin Who, Peaks, and then... David Duchovny, uh, didn't, wait, he was on Twin Peaks. He, he Didn't he play a cross-dresser? Yeah. Was that on, David Duchovny? Was he on there in the regular? Let's look that up. Do we have to? Uh, was he? I forgot. Was he? Sh- I think he was. I'm pretty sure he was. And then, and uh, you, you brought it up or you looked it up, and I forgot. It was only on for two seasons. Yeah, it was I'm only like, on for oh well, it was God. three seasons total. But it was two seasons originally, and then third, almost thirty years later, is when they tried it again. They, they did like eighteen uh, episodes in that, that's 2017. A, that's a lot, actually. Eighteen is a lot of uh, yeah. Um, David, yeah, and X Files. Oh man. Just, I told you I saw that the movie with uh, with my friend who was in development of the F twenty two and then the test pilot. Um, X Files. Yeah, I saw that the movie with, with them. We had, oh, the X Files movie. Yeah, we had yeah. we had dinner at their house and then we all went to the movies afterwards. That's when I had, was with Miss Bondo. Oh, the bond, the Bondo. Oh, my God. So that was the best part of the. Um, yeah, Twin Peaks, DEA agents Dennis and Denise Bryson. Yeah, it was the DEA agent who was a oh. cross-dresser. That's funny. See what I mean? I've never really watched that show in any, in any seriousness. I've seen little clips here and there, but because it's it was such a pop culture thing. It's po- probably it, worth it, just it, watching like the pilot just to kind of, just to come check it out. Oh, I, I, no, I, I, at some point I'll just blow through both seasons, now, especially yeah. now that I... Did really just nothing on Saturday but catch up on Yellowstone. So now I have to wait until like fucking November. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I hate it when I do that. It's like, it's like, oh, I'll buy this two pound bag of candy and it'll last me a month and I'll take a little bit every day. Nope, I can't do that. That's why I don't have bags of candy at my house. But when I turn on a show that I really, really love and have to wait, and they have really good drama and cliffhangers. Oh yeah, like Nip Tuck was like that. It's like, uh, it's like you better. Yeah, it's, it, those are really great. We don't get those very often here, of course. But those are great for like a long rainy weekend. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like, fuck it, we're not going to yeah. go to the desert well, and do anything. We're it's just... funny. I was just talking about this yesterday with a, a, a uh, an acquaintance of mine who's from uh, from northern Minnesota, and she said that uh, once it starts getting too hot around here, she's staying inside. She doesn't. She goes to work, mm-hmm. and she comes home, or she'll go to the and store, and she'll binge come watch home stuff. and binge watch stuff because <laughs> the Arizona summers are basically the same as Minnesota winters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just don't want to be outside, except Minnesota winters are like six or seven months, right? And we get like two months here. But it really is nice, though, when it's well, we're supposed to have a uh, uh, El Nino uh, summer is what they're saying. Yeah. So we're supposed to have a, a wetter like it's kind of started a little bit, too. But it's dried out again. But we had a little thing, whatever. We had monsoon weather in May. And yeah. It, I, it was pissing me off. And it kind of went away. So now it's drier now. But they're saying that they do expect definitely wetter monsoon season this year than we've had for a few handful of years. We had a wet su- uh, winter. Excuse me. Yeah. So this should keep going. But point is this is that it's really nice after the sun goes down. Even if it's 95 degrees outside, you know, because the sun's not beating on your face or on oh, your yeah. body, so it's nice, and there's like a breeze usually, and it's usually lovely. Yeah. You know, as lovely. you know here. So, you know, for Minnesota, it's probably still too hot, too hot to go outside. A, a bit, yeah. <laughs> um, 
God, I want to re I want to rewatch Nip Tuck now. I may have to look at that too. Like, where is it? Uh, what obscure network is it? Nip Tuck playing on right now? I wonder. I don't even know where you. Uh, I think it's on Hulu actually, because Hulu okay. and FX are partnered. Okay. So any of the FX shows, uh, past and present, are uh, are on Hulu. What is the Hulu? I, I don't. Is, is that a subscription thing where yeah, there's free with commercials, or you can pay a certain amount and there's it's, no commercials? There's. Kind of thing? Uh, I think that there's not free. I think that there's. Five bucks a month with commercials and ten okay. bucks a month without, or something like that. Okay, I sponge off my child because I have. Um, I, I have no idea. I, do, I watch stuff on Amazon. I buy movies on Amazon occasionally. Now it's like I'm too damn lazy. You know, I, I got rid of all my DVDs. Thank God. Don't even have any player anymore, which is good. Which is it makes things neat. You know, kind of cleans yeah. up the space. Explore the Explore space. Explore the space. <laughs> I. And then uh, I've got uh, Netflix, and then I've got uh, HBO Max, which I guess Disney and, and HBO Max combined. Matt, no. Uh, no, wait, is that Disney? No, no, there's still Disney Plus. No, oh. there's Max, which is uh, was it Warner Media combined the Discovery Channel app and this and that and the other into HBO, and it's just called Max. I got gotcha. you. Which so, is yeah. basically we're all going back to cable, which is what we what people have been saying about streaming for ten years. Which I checked it out because it's now up on my uh, television up there, and it's uh, it's definitely got a lot of shit on there. Like, whoa, that's on here, that's yeah. on there, that's on here. Cool. I watched the uh, the other night. I watched the MythBusters episode where they tried to use dynamite to uh, break up dried concrete oh, in, yeah. a, in, the, in the concrete mixer. Yeah, with, and then uh, it didn't work, and they had to take it out to the middle, of, like to the uh, what is it? It's like uh, San Francisco PD. Like their uh, explosive ordinance, C four or something, and they. Oh used, my god, that was nuts! <laughs> they were uh, almost uh, was it th- like half a mile away? Yeah, and they, they were way far away. They blew it up and it cracked the camera, the camera yeah. lens that they were filming, and they were standing behind like a blast thing. <laughs> like it shocked the shit out of everybody because it was just so powerful. Well, and uh, less than a hundred yards away from them, fewer, fewer than hundred yards, fewer than hundred yards away less than from them, yard, fewer than less than hundred yards, fewer, less than one hundred yards. It was so fewer, it's fewer. Than, yeah, okay, go fewer ahead. than one hundred yards away. Landed a chunk of the axle. I remember that, yeah. And they're like, "This was not a safe distance." Yeah, they're like the axle that weighs fifteen. Well, they were pounds. depending on the expert. You know, they they always have yeah. that guy, the one dude that shows up with the and, explosives. And then what do they find in the wreckage? The concrete right. broke into like three pieces, and it it it, <laughs> it disintegrated the entire truck. Right, unrecognizable. And there's still big chunks of concrete. Still big chunks of concrete. <laughs> that myth is busted. Like they're trying to jack it out of there first. Jack, jack. I, Jack out the concrete. Yeah, they're like that's not good, and then they're like so putting, that didn't work. Yet the, you know, and, the whole myth is if you let it harden up in there, what do you? Does the truck no good? Is the, the, the that's like, the point? Is there any way to break it up? Yeah, and they tried to put dynamite, like just threw one stick of dynamite in there on that top did, of the concrete. Did and like, like nothing. It did nothing. It was just loud. Yeah, and then of course, what is his name? Uh, uh, Jamie Jamie Heineman. The the oh Heineman. Yeah. yeah, that guy. He was like, well, I think it's kind of like how uh, if you. Uh, Put a firecracker in your hand and leave your hand open. It's just going to burn you. But if you close your fist around, it'll blow your whole hand off. And all everybody else was like, looked at him like, that was really dark, Jamie. He goes, well, it's, <laughs> That's what, it's probably he's very, scientifically uh, accurate. And he has this big old mustache that kind of moves around when he talks. Yes, yeah. it looks like a walrus with a beret. <laughs> <He> does. <laughs> and you know those guys hated each other? Did they really? They, it's not that they hated each other. They just, Mythbusters was the only thing that they could work together on. They didn't hang out outside of, of work. They didn't do any of that stuff. And they argued a lot on the show, and Adam Savage has said that that was not scripted. Yeah. That was really us. We had different approaches to things. Well, they did, but it also it worked, as you know, because if there were, like, two of each one of them, it wouldn't have been... It wouldn't have been as good. It would have been out of control Correct. and not really functional. Yeah. Or it would have been just so boring and, like... 
And that was honestly, now that I think about it, the the um, the uh, Asian dude on there, Grant Imahara, who passed away, didn't he? Suddenly, out of nowhere, and like the chick, the 40... Draxer chick, the, the yes, hot rod chick, yeah, she the, was killed in a car wreck. Yeah, she was doing attempting a att- attempting to break her own land speed record. Yeah, and then Grant Imahara died of some kind of a heart explosion or something. Yeah, weird. I think he had a triple A, they had like the yeah. Widowmaker, yeah, and and. Out of all the celebrity deaths that have happened in my life, I think that one was the one that really bummed me out because he was so cool on yeah. Robot Wars. Oh, yeah. That's, Robot, what, that's, that's where I, he got to start. Yeah. Uh, he was an engineering student that just started that was making a, these that robots. Was a, that was a cool show. I love that show. When it first came out, it was so so rad. It was so Just so outstanding cool. all the time. Every yeah. time you look forward to it. Uh, Monster Garage? Is that another one? Yeah. Monster Garage where the, is where they... Uh, we said, "All right, we got to here's here's the scrapyard. Here's the welders in a machine shop. Oh, Make this yeah. thing do this." Right. The the how the um Oh, did you get a cramp? Do you need a banana? No, no, no. I got a oh. uh, splinter. The um Oh, shit. In your foot? Yeah, it's okay. The um yeah, what was the uh, they would make a uh a monster garage. I forgot what the goals were. It was like to make a You'd have to lift like this a, thing like a and boat, do this. like a pontoon boat or something out of this out of pile this of shit or yes. something. Things like that. Right? It was a task. You had yeah. to do. You had to. You had to take the stuff available to you and complete this task. And it was always something that ran or did something. Yep. Yeah. And I remember uh, my friend Shane, who went on to become a very successful mechanical engineer. He owns his own engineering firm in. Uh, I think he's outside of Oshkosh. I know he's in Wisconsin, but he's the guy I told you that uh, when he was in engineering school. Came up with the idea. He said, "When I own my own firm, I'm going to call it BFH Engineering because there's nothing th- fucking hammer because ha- there's BFH nothing you can't hammer. fix with a big fucking hammer." Yeah, uh, and I've always found that to be funny. But we used to watch Monster Garage because he had that mechanical engineer kind yeah. of mind, and like and pick it apart. Like, nah, they should have done this. They should have done that, and this and that and the other. Man. At the okay. German at the German aircraft factory, there was they were loading up an airplane in a container, and I was kind of helping them. And I knew a little bit of German, not very much at that point yet. I would just got started there, and they were trying to get a bolt through a a, a thing that was holding this trailer down or something yeah. like that. And they were going back and forth about how they were going to do it, and they're in German, and I know about every tenth word. But then I heard someone said "grosser hammer. hammer," like a bigger. And I hammer. started laughing, and they looked at me like you don't. You know, I said I can tell big hammer because we had the same thing, <laughs> <laughs> and they all, everybody just was cracking up. And I said, "Yeah, it's pretty common." It's like though it's that's a, that is a universal theme amongst <laughs> engineering types. Is like sometimes you just need a grossahama. <laughs> that's funny as hell. <laughs> okay, so maybe I've watched more reality TV than I thought. I watched a f- those were good though when they first. Now there's just so much stuff on everywhere on YouTube has got everything on it too, and it, you know what I mean. It's when those first came out on cable, but the they pure, were really good. Just when it, like what it boils down to is the purest form of any sort of new kind of entertainment or media is always more interesting than the facsimile that comes later. Yes. Yep. Like, uh, uh, oh god, what I think, is I the think MythBusters? What was an accident or something like that? In a way, I don't think they really. I I don't know how it came about. Yeah. I honestly don't. But that um, was that was a good. I know that I started one. watching it very early on, like maybe four or five episodes into the first season. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is this is incredible. Uh, there's a there's a a uh, primitive. Oh my god, it's called primitive shit. It's a YouTube channel that I've been following for probably seven or like eight years. Technology or something. I think like it that. is called primitive technology, and it's yeah. a guy in Australia. He owns, I think, about like ten acres in uh, like the was it uh, not Queensland. 
Northern Territory, oh, in okay. the Northern Territory, just out in the sticks, sure. right? Just acreage. Probably cost Pseudo, $8. Very cheap. <laughs> and he just goes out there, and it's silent. You have to turn on subtitles if you really want to know what's going on because he's explaining you know, step by step. And he goes through everything from um, building materials and how he built his hut and doing this and doing that. And then, oh, the, by the way, old hut burned down, so I had to build a new one. And you showed like the smoldering oh, so remains he, he of the hut. he lives out there is what you're saying. He, no, no, no. It's like, a, it's, like a, it's like if you or I were to have like a like an ashram or like a little vacation home, say okay. up in the Wallapies. Okay. He just, and it's infrequent. And one time, he went for almost a year without posting a video, and then it picks back up. Mm-hmm. And there's never any promotion. There's no social media page or anything like that. He has a book that he sells. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. Like that's he just makes his money on that. But then, all the copycats came. Yeah. Of like the two dudes digging this stupid fucking underground swimming pool mm-hmm. in in Cambodia or or Vietnam or right. something like that. Right. And you know, and the guy, he, the guy, the primitive technology guy, never speaks in his videos. Nothing like. There was one. I remember there was one video because it's literally just forest sounds in the background while he's, you know, uh, he's even doing stuff where he'll pull. Um, uh, what are they called? It's a it's a ba- type of bacteria that eats like iron oxide. Okay, and it the bacteria like the byproduct is like a, is like a primitive form of iron ore, hmm. and it's like an orange reddish orangish like goo that is like and you know we see like algae and shit mm-hmm. there. It, it's that's red. what that's it's reddish brown and mm-hmm. or reddish like orange reddish. And he just scoops it out, and then he slowly dries it out, and then he may as a furnace that he has like a little a, a, a miniature he, he, he bellows. He made this pro- stuff on clay and shit. And, makes... pro- and he's now like at like five episodes in. These are like eight to fifteen minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Five episodes in of him doing this and getting these little tiny pills of iron after he knocks off the slag. There's little iron pills. Mm-hmm. He's gotten enough to where he might be able to make a knife, <laughs> <laughs> but he's doing it all, you know, on his own, and which uh-huh. is very primitive shit. There's no matches or anything. But there was one episode where the, the it was censored, but he was uh, crushing like rock to put together. Uh, you take old fired clay and add it in with new fresh clay before it's fired to keep it from cracking. Okay, which I can't remember what that technique or what it's called, but I know that it exists. But he. he crushing it with a rock and smashed his thumb and you hear fuck god damn it. it's like beep 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 god beep for like five seconds and then it just cuts to another scene and you see him back doing the same thing but he's got a bandage around his thumb like that was kind of funny that's the yeah. first time in probably 50 episodes i've seen but then you had the copycats that came later that just mm-hmm. diluted the brand and that always kind of sucks so like yeah, Monster Garage was fucking awesome. That's like all those. Uh, uh, and, yeah, but, th- th- there was a bunch of follow-ons. And like I said, when it's su- successful, and then like The Bachelor, there was a bunch of other spin-offs from Bachelorette and all that stuff too, right? Were there other attempts at things? Uh, like yeah, that? I believe so. I mean, I, th- there was Bachelor and Bachelorette, but then it was just a bunch of other shit that came out. There was a show that was in Phoenix that I watched before I moved to Arizona, and it was something like the premise was this guy was your wingman. And he would go, did you ever see this thing? No. Okay, so this guy would go, he'd be like this good-looking dude, and he was really stylish, but kind of super edgy stylish, like something you wouldn't see normally in Phoenix, let's say, for example. Okay. He's probably 30 years old, and he'd go find all the hot bars to go to and that kind of stuff, and he'd find these dweeby guys that would kind of hire him, basically, to help him pick up women. So so he would go, okay. he would go there, and he would talk to them, he would kind of dress them up a little bit better and and give them things to talk about, and, and he, they would have little earpieces where you couldn't see, and they'd have cameras in the bar, 
and he would say, "Okay, there's a there's a girl over there with brunette hair, and she's talking to her blonde two two blonde friends." I and, think I have seen this show before. This is sounding familiar, like they're sitting out in a van or something like a surveillance yeah, van, almost. Like, yeah, and 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 they're telling them what to say because they have they have zero game. You know, they don't even want to approach a woman, much less have a conversation. So you know, just go up there and talk to her and ask her, and you'd say this or say that. So sometimes it would work, usually it wouldn't, and then they would after the after the they send like four people out, and the whole idea is to get someone's number, or maybe even go home with them. I don't know what what it was, but it was, the whole idea was to do that, and then they would uh, debrief after it and go, "Man, you said this. Why did you say? I don't know. I, just, it would, I think it was real though. They were yeah. These guys were definitely more nerdy yeah and didn't know really how to go out and and socialize like engineering types yeah it, it couldn't relax around women at all yeah. and have fun and and uh like they always had some kind of affectation that would be a thing but this guy always had like a big weird kind of funky hat that maybe tom petty might wear or something like that you know oh god and that would be the conversation start he said you gotta have some kind of a conversation start you gotta have something for women to, to look to approach, to even say something to set that, you aside, set you apart from the other. Right. Fo- so yeah. that was one of the things that he would always do. But I can't remember the name of that show. This kind of sounds like uh, it was on like two or three seasons at least. Did I, you ever see the movie Crazy Stupid Love? I know of it, but not, I don't. Oh, know. Yeah. Paul, you need to watch it. I do was, I really need to watch it? Yes, really? you do, because it's fucking hilarious. Okay, it's one of the funniest because it's not a standard rom-com yes there's comedy and yes there's romance in it but it's not a rom-com mm-hmm. and it uh uh steve carell is like a f- almost divorced like he's separated freshly separated like the the opening i'll give you the opening scene mm-hmm. opening scene is steve carell and his wife who's played by julianne moore who's one of my favorite actresses they're sitting at di- a dinner it's an anniversary dinner having a nice conversation but it's like a, like a, the banality of the conversation like you can just kind of taste it mm-hmm. and you can tell they've been married for like 20 years or whatever mm-hmm. 25 years and she's sitting there just listening to him on and on and on and on and on about some stupid shit at work that she doesn't care about and she goes I want a divorce that's the opening scene the first wow. f- like two minutes of the movie like the I first wanted, f- I handful of lines yeah. so that was it yeah yeah and then it come to find out that she cheated on him with one of her co-workers mm-hmm. who's played by Kevin Bacon, <laughs> and who has a funny name that I won't tell you. But as you like, as you go through, they he, they make fun of his name in various ways and okay. a bunch of different ways throughout okay. the, the whole movie. But uh, and Steve Carell is like, what, what? And then people go silent in the in the the whole because she says it loudly. Mm-hmm. I want a divorce. I'm tired of this, and then they just leave come the right restaurant. Yeah, yeah, very loudly, and then like you hear the forks drop on the plate and shit, and the whole like where people restaurant people hear people that people could hear it. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, it was one of those things. And then they uh, the next scene is the cut to them in the car ride on the ride home, and she's like, "I just I'm sorry to do this to you. I just need a, this." And then and then I slept with a guy, and then da, 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 da. he's like, "Please stop talking. Please stop talking. Just please, please." <laughs> I can oh, see Steve Carell. Please stop talking. If you don't stop talking, I'm getting out of the fucking car. Stop talking. Stop talking. She keeps on and on, and he just, in their neighborhood, like a few blocks from their house, he just opens up the door and just tumbles out. Wow. That's how it starts. Like, this is such a hilarious And she's in the right-hand seat trying to she's, control the she, car She's now? in the left seat. Oh, she was driving. She was driving. Oh, okay. And he, he bailed, bailed okay. out. Yeah. And he's like this dad guy who got married at, like, 18 because he knocked up his girlfriend. Sound familiar? But you know, and he just go and 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 went through all the motions like you're supposed to do. So once he's become newly single, he runs into this guy. He's getting he's getting drunk at a neighborhood bar like every night. Okay. And this guy comes in, and it's it's um, Ryan. Oh my god. 
Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Oh, shit. Super spell. I didn't say that because I thought, it's going to be Ryan Gosling? Yeah, it's Ryan Exactly. Yeah. There's Ryan Gosling, and he's like super suave, well-dressed, just well-built. Ladies' man walks in, and he's just straight up hitting on people. Mm-hmm. And then finally, like, he, he walks over to this to Steve Carell and goes, man, I see you in here every night. You're drinking your goddamn cranberry and vodka. You got a suit that doesn't that hasn't that is not the right cut for you, nor has it been a cut that's been fashionable in twenty years. Mm-hmm. All I hear you is doing is trying to hit on the bartender, or if it's a male bartender, you're just drowning your sorrows, and he has to listen to you. What's mm-hmm. your problem? And you just they they end up becoming friends, and and this guy teaches him C. Carell how to dress. Okay. Uh, takes him out shopping. He's like, "Give me your credit cards. We're gonna buy you some new clothes." Mm-hmm. That sounds and, fun. Yeah, right? And give me your credit cards. We're going to buy you some new clothes. And they're at the mall. And he pulls out. And, you know, Ryan Gosling's just dressed to the nines. Like he's oh, got yeah. a sh- it, Everything he just really fits. Perfect. Yeah. Custom tailored shit. Mm-hmm. He goes, all right, Cal. <laughs> let's see your credit cards. Let's go. I assume you have good credit because, well, you own a house. And you've been married for 25 years. And you've never gone anywhere and done anything with your life. <laughs> I was like, this, this, I'm telling you, this is which right is, up your alley. Which is the vast majority of people, kind right. of, sort of, yes. Right, which is kind of why it's it yeah. spoke to me a bit. And yeah. he, and so he pulls, his, Steve Carell pulls his wallet out of his, like... It's like a diner's club or something cargo, like this? No, he's wearing, like, cargo pants and a oh, polo shit. shirt. And, okay. like, like a, just does, nothing fits right. Yeah. It just looks frumpy as all hell. Middle-aged dad, New Balance. like, white socks pulled up. White the... socks and new, white New yeah. Balance, right? Yeah. And... Uh, he pulls his wallet out and it's a Velcro wallet and he goes, <laughs> "It's very." <laughs> I'm not even. Oh, re- I'm gonna watch this. Yes, and I it's, need, I'm, I'm pretty watch sure it's on Netflix right now. Oh, I'm gonna watch. And it. And he just goes, he pulls out his wallet and he just goes <laughs> and opens it up. <laughs> and Ryan Gosling's got these fashionable glasses, this nice suit, but no tie, like a shirt unbuttoned a bit. Oh and, God! And he and he's just got his hand up, like very dramatic, like what he's looking at him, like what the fuck is this? <laughs> And he just doesn't even say anything. He just does like a Batman exit and just walks away and just starts walking into a men's fashion store. And they walk in. The first thing he goes is, uh, do you have any wallets? <laughs> That's the first thing. He's like, now take all your fucking credit cards out. Throw that wallet in the trash. <laughs> but he goes through all these motions. And there's right. a handful of like big stars, like one of them, one of the women that he finally feels like he's ready to go and talk to a woman at the, the same bar that they right. go to every night. Is, but uh, but is, he's look good now. Or is he, oh, he's look good. He's got he's a all, suit that fits yeah. right, and he's got he's just dressed better well haircut and, and stuff. And much better haircut, a yeah. wallet that doesn't go, you know, like that. All of that. <laughs> and it's uh, Marissa Tomei. She has like a bit role. Okay, where she's like this, like <clears throat> it. You have to watch this movie. I'm watching it tonight. You I'm will watch do it, it tonight because it's so fucking funny. And there's a cool twist at the end that you're like, I never fucking saw that coming. Wow. Because I've I. The way I'm pretty good at putting together shit like that, mm-hmm. and the way things come together at the at the very end is incredible. He's also that's what's always fun too. If you think, oh, I I know how this movie's gonna end, and it, it doesn't happen that and way. it doesn't happen that way. And yeah. these uh, Steve Carell's also got like the babysitter, mm-hmm. the ba- his his kid's babysitter. He's that kid who's like he's got one boy a boy that's like twelve and a daughter that's like seven or eight something like that, and then a daughter uh, you know a, a, a much older daughter, and so he. Um, the babysitter has a huge crush on him. She's like seventeen. Oh God! Like, like a Californication thing, Arlo again. Or yeah, but not, predato- but not predatory. Not predatory like that. Like okay. she's really sweet. She just, I think she just, she's, she's just, she likes older men, mm-hmm. and 
she's got this one friend. This is a this is a, an ensemble cast mm-hmm. with several stories in it, but it's easy to follow. It's not like a Quentin Tarantino movie where you like where yeah. the fuck is how was correct. It's it's easy to follow. It's yeah. definitely linear. But yeah, Crazy Stupid Love. You got you gotta watch it. Fuck. Okay. But it's uh it's almost like watching a reality show. Be just be, kind of like what you were talking about where. Ryan Gosling's character is getting Steve Carell, like teaching him how mm-hmm. he's like, how come you never learn how to talk to women? He goes, I never, I, the first woman I talked to was the first woman I slept with. And the only one I slept with and the woman I married. And this is probably, it's probably making Ryan Gosling's kind of hurts his brain, a little brain bit, going, uh-uh. but he also kind of, his character arc changes from mm-hmm. being like the playboy status and you know, that, that type of guy. Mm-hmm. And he kind of changes and realizes that what he, he kind of wished he had what he, what, Cal had like right. Steve Carell's character. It's a really fantastic movie, and I had to be convinced to watch it mm-hmm. because I think it came out in like 2011, maybe 2012. The last right at that point when my one of my coworkers said, "Hey, you really need to watch this movie because it's fucking hilarious, and I know you'll love it." And I'm like, uh, "I think I'm good on Ryan Gosling movies right now because I had literally just watched The Notebook, Notebook. with a with a girlfriend of <laughs> mine like maybe coming, six yeah. months before, which I still haven't seen. By the way, it's a great movie. It yeah. re- it really is, and I mean, it's very easy for manly men to really trash it mm-hmm. but it really is a sweet movie it's mm-hmm. a it's kind of fucked up and it but just like any other uh uh whatever that writer's name is i fucking i have an i have an autograph book. i don't know i have an autograph book by the guy but anyway uh he it, it, there's always some level of tragedy in every single one yes. of his yeah. books that have been turned into movies which is almost all of his books have been turned into movies like mm-hmm. michael crichton mm-hmm. uh but anyway um yeah like I was, I don't really want to watch this. And she goes, "I'm telling you right now, you have to fucking watch it." So I found it online, and it, I think it was on Netflix at the time. So I just turned it on one night when I knew I was going to be inter- interrupted, and I'm like, like I said, it had me within three minutes, and I'm like, "Oh shit, this never happens to me with a movie." You had me. I want a divorce. <laughs> yeah, I want a divorce. And then him getting out of the, like falling out of the car because he didn't want to. He's like, he just jumped out of the car. I didn't. Yeah. I can't listen to you anymore. Now, I, I could I could see that you know what I mean I could see if you've just been hit with all that shit yeah and then and whoever's she, and talking is just not gonna stop will not shut up yeah yeah and you can't punch her in the face so you're gonna just leave right exactly so just exit the vehicle so to speak yeah anyway hey let's take a break let's do that all right we'll be back. Shadows are falling and I'm running out of breath. Keep me in your heart for a while If I leave you it doesn't mean I love you any less Keep me in your heart for a while When you get up in the morning And you see that crazy sun Keep me in your heart for a while there's a train leaving nightly called when all is said and done. Keep me in your heart for a while. Sha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Keep me in your heart for a while. sha
times when you're doing simple things around the house Maybe you'll think of me and smile You know I'm tied to you like the buttons on your blouse Keep me in your heart for a while Take me to your dreams Touch me as I'm falling into view And when the winter comes Keep the fires lit And I will be right next to you Engine drivers headed north to Pleasant Street Keep me in your heart for a while These wheels keep turning, but they're running out of steam. Keep me in your heart for a while. Sha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Keep me in your heart for a while. Sha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-
they they conflate Veterans Day and Memorial Day. And Veterans Day is for folks who have served who are still alive. Yeah, they just and they serve or, or currently serving and, or currently serving. I think that and or you wouldn't be a veteran, but people still celebrate you. I think correct. Uh, but yeah, but also I mean Veterans Day. Like I like there's I've gone out to graves and and put stuff up and and you know on uh, Veterans the, Day. on Veterans Day. Yeah, but uh, Memorial Day is set aside for. Folks who, who were fallen in battle, fallen in battle. Yeah, you know, and and I think if you were to do the man in the street kind of Jay Leno thing, half the people or a lot of them wouldn't know w- the difference. They wouldn't know the difference. They, they know, know when they are was. because they have the day off from work sometimes, yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Memorial Day is uh, it. I, I and and I I don't I'm not uh, of an age where, and I don't think really you are either, other than. Like the first Iraq war, and then like for me, it's like Iraq and Afghanistan. I've had friends, you know, there, but the, the casualties aren't nearly as much as say a generation prior to me or no, you. No, the most I know, and I can't remember the gentleman's name now. As a matter of fact, that there was a couple people that lived on the Air Force base in our neighborhood that I did know when I was five years old. Yeah, that um, didn't make it back from Vietnam in right in fighter planes that kind of shit. Yeah, so. But I didn't know them, really. You didn't know them. They weren't, yeah, so I have yeah. one friend who I have a tattoo memorializing him. His name is uh, uh, Lance Corporal Ron Hulse, who's from Chloride, uh, Arizona, and a uh, very good friend of mine. And when he was joined the Marine Corps uh, at right at 18, because he did not see another any other way out of uh, this area, and he's probably right. Yeah. And uh, was killed in action in a uh, what the family and, and and friends were told was a was a, a training accident, uh, but in that he was struck by lightning. And I don't know anyone who's ever actually believed that story. Hmm. But I do. I did meet Marines years later that I said, "Oh, you were uh, you served uh, where were you at? Uh, not Sasebo, but I forget the Marine base. Maybe it is Sasebo. It was a Marine base in in Japan, and uh, which is where it ha- allegedly where it happened." But also in between his his like uh, like when he would come home on leave because he was only in for like two and a half years, mm-hmm. but when he would come home on leave, he would t- get a little tuned up and tell me about some of the places he'd gone and they're not places where you knew that U.S. troops were. Right. And this is like pre nine eleven, by the way, folks. Keeping in mind, just for context, this is not where you just assume they're in Iraq, Afghanistan, somewhere in the Middle East. He he was in Central America, South America, handful of other places seeing combat, but. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I woke up this morning really thinking about him, thought about him all day long, listened to some some music today on the while I was working at Blackbridge. I was just working there by myself and listened to a lot of music that he and I used to listen to from, you know, over 20 years ago because he died in uh in in uh, in t- uh, 2001. Right. And uh you know, it's really it's one of those things where we really need to remember those folks. Yes. But also we need to remember the folks that, uh, to me personally, and I don't know how the VA feels about this and what they're working on, but the last I had heard several years ago was that the VA was trying to um, convince the uh, you know the branch, the various branches of the military to allow f- uh, for, and this is such a tragedy, for uh, veterans who have completed their service and committed suicide because of untreated mm. or ill-treated PTSD yeah. to count as a combat death. Because if you counted that, you would have had ten times more combat deaths than have tallied in Iraq and Afghanistan. We're not not known for doing a very good job at. Um, we don't do a very good job taking care of our veterans. At debriefing, yeah, should I say after this that we just, yeah. you know, and if we're going to do this, you know, if we're going to, you know, it's it's one of those things that I, I would probably never be able to figure out how to solve, but we can't. We have we have to. Whoever the hell we is as a nation has to do better at this. Yeah. 
But so. I mean, we're real good at, at you know waving flags and doing this and doing that. But yeah, we're like, good at creating weapons too. Really and really, yeah. yeah, and really good at creating weapons. But and really good at mobilizing troops and sending them off someplace to do the bidding for the United States and protect our freedoms and this and that and the other or foreign interests that also help protect our freedoms as a nation. But there is when they come are, home, it's it's like well, we don't really care. Yeah, we are the most. I'm not just saying this either because I'm not a I'm not a I, I'm I feel fortunate to be born in this country. There's there's no doubt yes. about it. But I'm not a at all cost wave the American flag and be pro America because we've got problems, we've got issues, and we should recognize that and try to do better. You know, in order we should form a more perfect union. Yeah, as they say, keep. Yeah, and then keep um, forming a more perfect union. Right, keep yeah. doing that. Keep going. Um, and um, so. Yeah, we should do a better a better job at uh, at uh, you know you send them off and and then they come back and and uh, people are patriotic and it's wonderful but there's it's a, it is a true cost and most people don't don't sit down and, and reflect on that I mean they just don't um, it's very obvious today on different networks there's all kinds of war stuff on there to remember things by but um, um, I don't know it, it's kind of it's one of those things where. It would be nice if there was a little bit more recognition in, in some somehow. I don't even know if it's recognition. I think recognition. I, I really, just knowing the the handful of veterans that I'm close with, I, I don't even, especially combat veterans, which I have a couple, of, like several friends that are that saw combat in one way or another. Mm-hmm. It's not the recognition. They don't give a fuck about the recognition. No, I mean it's to- the it's it's recognizing that there's a problem and yeah. and because yeah. collectively, uh, not collectively, uh, individually, people have a certain. I'm sure they all most people have a certain love and uh, reverence and respect for folks who have served. Right. Uh, and, and for the folks that gave their lives, you know, for for the freedoms that we all get to enjoy. But also um, but but they're as a group, there's no cohesion there. I I still don't quite understand it. But but also, I guess I'm part of the problem because I haven't formed any sort of group to, you know, storm into a VA office or talk to my congressman or, or, or senator or whatever and 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 get some sort of change elicited but it, i know that multiple presidents for like for years have tried right i didn't know that the va didn't take care of veterans until my stepfather who's a navy vet i didn't know that the va really doesn't do a very good job until um i asked him why he didn't go like why do you have in, why do you have pay for health insurance through the company that you work for why don't you just go to the VA because there's a VA in mm-hmm. Tucson or in a, 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 when we lived in Ohio or I lived in Ohio. So we there's a VA in, in Dayton yeah. and uh, a big one in Dayton. And uh, and he said, because I don't want to become an experiment. Yeah. I didn't know what that meant. But when I asked him, he just kind of explained it to me. The VA is and that was fucking 25, 28 years ago. Mm-hmm. It hasn't gotten any better since. As From what I understand, it's gotten a little better, but it's mostly it ebbs and flows with uh, with politics. Like they'll get thrown a chunk of money to do this, and then, right. and then it and then it just kind of peters out until that because that's a that's one of those you'll tack on funding for the VA onto something to make you look good so you get reelected. It should be just it, whatever tiny percent or whatever it would be on an on the ongoing basis. Yeah, period. yeah, and you shouldn't have to have all these nonprofits no. doing raising money. It should be the feds, you know, and but it's not. Which is why I'll support. I do do everything I can to support those nonprofits, especially one of my favorites is the Wounded Warrior Project. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also um, uh, what you have a trophy from them. Uh, for, they're based out of Las Vegas, but now they're in like ten states. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, whatever veterans uh, count counts not council veterans. It's a VSA. V- yeah, veterans. Veterans Sporting Alliance. That's it. 
they, what they do is they get they notice a lot of the Iraq uh, and Afghanistan war vets. They're they're in their say forties, thirties and forties. Mm-hmm. Some of them in their in their early fifties. Where when they get back from combat, they're discharged and all that, they end up just kind of sitting on the couch and not doing anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they're either they get some sort of disability check or something like that, and then they, a lot of them, a lot of the combat veterans, and this is one of the guys from the VSA when they first set up that that first uh, cornhole tournament for charity for their charity at Blackbridge years mm-hmm. ago. He was telling me that the whole. I said, "Give me the pitch. What's the? What are you guys all about?" And he said, "Basically, we do whatever we can to get them off the couch because those guys." They were so stimulated from combat for so long that they don't know how to reintegrate into society. Right. So a lot of them will sit at home and they'll play like really graphic, violent um, online video games with other vets that are going through the same thing. Sure. They sit around, they drink, they take pills, all sorts of shit. All they do is play the violent video games or they do this or that. Or they'll go out and get drunk and get into bar fights because mm-hmm. it <clears throat> produces that same rush. Sure. And what they do is they do some more healthy alternatives like teaching them mountain climbing, rope courses. Uh, B.J. Baldwin, who's a, a well-known um, trophy truck driver, uh, he's based out of Las Vegas. He, When he's doing practice runs with his trophy truck or any one of his other vehicles or just his personal truck out in the desert, he'll take these guys and put them in the passenger seat and just give them a ride of their fucking life. Right. And he does it and he pays – he doesn't even take money from the VSA because he's rich. Like he's – like four-time world champ and you know off-road racing and shit like that. So, but there needs to be and these are little little areas where people are doing doing good with it and doing a good job. But it's not near enough. And not even close to it. <clears throat> they, they, they should know that we're having every year we're getting this many veterans. Yeah. Now we're talking about veterans instead of Memorial Day, but but we're getting this many veterans that have been through combat. You know, this is what the rate is. This is how many yeah. they are. So we're going to have to deal with this amount. There should be money set up for that specifically. So once they're out, before they kind of go into the real world, real world, go in and figure some kind of an interface between what they were experiencing and right. normal life, whatever you want to call that, to, to trans, trans into it. What do you want to call it? Transverse, trans something. Transition. Tran- thank you. Ishin. Transition. Transition. Into it. And, um, I mean, it, it, it doesn't exist. Like you said, it doesn't it doesn't. That that's really astounding that it doesn't. If you knowing how what we know now about the cost that that this is on your yeah. psyche and the rest of your life, it, it's it's terrible that it's not. Maybe there are programs out there, but they're just underfunded. They're underfunded, and there's just it's just not enough, you know. <clears throat> yeah. uh, but uh, all, another thing that needs to be talked about specifically on Memorial Day is the the actual casualties. Yeah. And going back to, uh, I don't know the numbers for the casualties for the uh, Revolutionary War, but I know I that know. the American Civil War was in excess of two hundred thousand. Yeah, it was. It was a lot more than on that, both. I think, that's too. that's yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's an estimate because they didn't keep a lot of uh, track. So a little history thing: the first National Observance of Memorial Day occurred on May thirty first, eighteen sixty eight, then known as Decoration Day. The holiday was proclaimed by Commander in Chief. John A. Logan of the Grand Army of the Republic to honor the Union soldiers who had died in the Civil War. So there you go. Yeah. Wow, I didn't actually the realize Union it was soldiers. that old. I didn't. I honestly, I thought it was a little newer than that. Here's what's interesting. Also, is it says it was proclaimed by Commander in Chief John A. Logan of the Grand Army of the Republic. So Commander in Chief of the Army. That I'm a little bit confused with that because I I, I don't know enough about military history, but. Uh, the president is known as the commander in chief right. of the United States now. So I don't know what maybe this is a. Was he also known as the commander in chief as the first president? Wasn't 
wasn't well, I'm really showing what I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't like George Washington. George also Washington considered. was declared the the uh, commander and or no general no general of of the armies. Okay, and he's the I think he's the only one that has that. Okay, because we only had the armies then. So immediately thereafter, right. though, were they called? Maybe they didn't have a commander in chief per se. Maybe they didn't call the president commander in chief until after that. Until yeah, I'm not after sure. this, maybe even. So I don't. That's a little bit of side note. But anyway, yeah. Anyhow, it's been around for yeah 150 years or something now. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, on Monday, it's nice to, uh, and it's unfortunate. We should have said something about this last week and I just, it just slipped my mind. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you know, when, you know, people are out there and I hope folks now saying past tense that while you're enjoying your barbecues and the day off from work, if you got the day off, you were fortunate enough to have the day off that you just remember the reason for that day. Well, and like, you know, people will have, uh, yeah, because usually you really, really don't, and it's hard to really think about it anyway unless you've known somebody or you were in the military and you know people that had died and then you're living here now. So it's really tough to identify, but, you know, people have their barbecues. They might have a they might have a red, white, and blue cake. Right. But no one's really thinking about it. Yeah. You know, oh, cool, it's a flag cake. And it's cool. a it's a, it, <laughs> a flag cake. <laughs> they, uh, and sometimes you get lost in all that patriotism and remember that there was a, there's a real human cost of that. And yeah. it wasn't just like I have, I, I have a, I never met my, my grandpa Williamson, but I know that his older brother, uh, older brother. Yeah. Older brother was serving on the USS Arizona and died in Pearl mm-hmm. Harbor. Mm-hmm. I maybe tell me that knew yeah. that and somehow forgot that fact until I got to visit Pearl Harbor and go to the USS Arizona. And I thought, Holy shit! I com- I've completely forgot about that. Just like spaced I, it. For I some completely spaced it. Yeah. That guy never married, never had kids. He wow. never got a chance to live a full life. He died at I think twenty four or something like that, twenty three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, both my grandfathers served in World War II. One of whom I never got to meet, uh, and he lost so many friends, so many friends because he was in, he was marine, uh, he was an infantry marine. Yeah. And lost so many count, just countless, countless people. My uh, my grandfather would have served, but he didn't. He had some kind of a disfigurement with his arm. He always, he had his. I don't know what was wrong with his arm. I mean, it, it, it like his. He almost had like no muscle on his bicep, and, and his arm was was permanently in a fixed position. Oh, or something odd like that. I'll I'm gonna try to find a photograph of him and see if I can show you. Like he would, his shirts would be long enough to where. You wouldn't really see it, right? That kind of a short. Yeah. I don't know why I'm going off on this, but anyway, that's that's why. But he was part of the auxiliary. You know, the West Coast had those, had a bunch of police people because waiting for the Japanese to come attack. Yeah, you know, that yeah. Kind of thing. But anyway, that's why he was not in the mill. Otherwise, he would have been in the in gotten drafted. But he was, and he really was. It wasn't just, you know, my feet hurt. <laughs> right. There was a real. Yeah. There's no way he could have held a rifle or done any. Correct. I guess yeah. he could have done some paperwork, I suppose. But yeah, but the thing is, you're still a trained fighter. You're supposed to be a uh, able-bodied trained fighter. Yeah. So like when and everybody else not, is exhausted, even the paper pushers go out and fire a rifle. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And my mom told me that she rem- she they like she thought it, it felt like she said it probably wasn't that often, as often as she remembered. But it felt like when she was in high school, it was every, uh, every week. There was a new report of somebody from Troy, Ohio, that was killed in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. People who and and you know my mom graduated in seventy two, and uh, she also started kindergarten when she was f- or started first grade when she was five. So she was quite a bit young. Well, she was a year younger than anybody else in her class, at least, right? So it was all old, like it was her older sister and her sisters and her brother's friends that died. Um, 
Uh, her brother almost went to Vietnam, and he was in college, was going to drop out, and my grandmother begged him not to. Mm-hmm. Begged him, don't do this. And then he sat down and talked with his dad, which they barely spoke because of, you know, systemic abuse. And, you know, my <coughs> my Uncle Teddy, his, his, his father, who was, you know, served his country at some really tough battles, lost a lot of friends, should have been gung-ho, hell yes, son, going about it. He said, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. In World War II, we were fighting for something. We knew what we were fighting for. Right. Vietnam, you don't know what you're fighting for. You're going to go and fight and die for somebody who doesn't care about you. Do not go. Yeah. And that was it, and he, and he stayed in college. And he he w- avoided the draft because, you know, by the time he, you know, by the time that, it, around 71, 72, the draft started to, like, kind of decline a bit. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and then uh, my stepfather had friends who were, uh, that he served with in the Navy that went on to go into special forces that ended up uh, dying in various combat situations that he never actually knew anything about, including a guy that he joined the Navy with. Uh, out of like a recruitment center in Ohio, and they were friends for for you know for several years in the Navy. And every once in a while, their paths would cross, and they'd go out and party in fucking Sri Lanka or fucking the Philippines or something. And then he was killed in action, you know. And these, so uh, if you know any veterans that served and you know that they lost somebody, just be there with them at those tough times. Try and recognize that at least. It's, yeah, uh, I mean, most of us have not been in the military. You know, the right. vast majority of the people haven't. We don't really have to now as much as before. It's all voluntary, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And that's all I got on that. Yeah, so by the time you're listening to this, it's a couple days after Memorial Day. Yeah. We're not exactly timely, folks. No, we're not. But we try and make it right. Yeah. All right. That's Got anything else, Paul? I don't think I have anything else. Yeah, me either. All right, folks, have a good week. <laughs>